Have injuries ruined your team's season? Pick up the phone and call BSR Injury Law today. One of your team's best players missing even 20 games can cause them to miss the playoffs. Don't go uncompensated for all that time you invested during a wasted season. Call BSR Injury Law and let attorney Reeve Barry work for you. Call 1-800-BSR-HELP today. Welcome to episode 105 of Wolf's Cast, the show that is not afraid to cite general soreness as its excuse for not releasing a podcast last week. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. And I'm Scott. Welcome to Wolf's Cast, everybody. The real reason was Neil was in Orlando Ooh. visiting parks that were made for children. Oh, yeah. That's not my opinion. I think they're for <laughs> the whole family. I have gone as an adult with my adult friends. No there kids in tow. But I was thinking today, Neil, mm. you, you've heard Brooke Lopez's new nickname, ah, right? Ah, Splash Mountain. And he likes it because he likes the Disney parks. Yeah, him and, and his brother both. And so today I was working out uh, <laughs> Disney uh, attraction names that could work <laughs> for wolves. Yeah. And my favorite one is Tower of Terror. Oh. How is somebody not the Tower of Terror, you the know? Ta- oh, so, is it, so not for Timberwolves players, but just like NBA. Well, I was thinking... Yeah. Towns. I was doing Tim Rolls uh, players. I was thinking Tower of Terror would be good for a who big. Who would be the Tower of I was Terror? Boban or something? I don't know. Who's Terror? I don't, I don't, he's not that Terror, I yeah, guess. Yeah, uh, I guess maybe like Embiid is like the best center in the game today, probably. So yeah, yeah. Maybe him. I was yeah. also thinking Space Mountain would be good for Cat yeah, because he, he creates space, you know, because he's good at shooting. <laughs> that would also work for Splash Mountain, I guess, but I was just brainstorming Disney rides, you know? Well, that, that list will be coming to a power rankings near you yeah, some, exactly. someday. Hit someday. us up with your favorite Orlando attractions that yeah. can also work as nicknames for NBA players. <laughs> exactly. Uh, thank you for uh, you know putting up with our week off last week. Yeah, we I was on out of town and uh, you know just a little. We had uh, we had Brit in uh, two weeks ago, so we had to let that one linger a little bit. Uh, make sure you go back and check that out if you missed it. Britt Robson on our show, uh, Wolf's Cast two weeks ago. But yeah, we're back. We've got uh, a bunch of games to talk about. You know, the the season is winding down, but but actually, Scott, we just did the math. I just one, did the math. One fifth of the season. We still got seventeen games left, aka. Yeah. 20% of the season left. Yeah. And so I remember every season, you know, at the beginning when we get to that one-fifth mark, I'm like, oh my gosh, Neil, it seems like the season had just started and we're already yeah. one-fifth of the way through. What happened? Let's not shortchange these final games, my friends. Yeah, definitely. So today on the show, we got lots of things. We're going to talk about um, the three games that happened um, this week. Uh, we also have full court press, and uh, in that we'll get to uh, how Carl Anthony Towns is playing these days, and uh, Gorgie Jang being out of the rotation, some other stuff. Uh, we also have power rankings today. We are going to rank the things to watch in the final 17 games, give you, give you some ideas of what to stick around for. Why am I even watching this team anymore? Well, we'll tell you why here in uh, power rankings. Then uh, Weekly Wolfies. A game, lots more stuff. We got we got a number of sponsors today. You already heard one of them, and uh, you're gonna hear a lot more. You know, we we skipped a week, so that we're, we're lacking in the financial department right now due to that. You know, we missed some inventory, as they say. Bills so, got to be paid. Bills have to be paid. So yeah, so let's uh, let's start it off right now with the week recap. And uh, yes, we have oh, been away. Can we not? Ooh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we had one really great win, I guess. But one uh, win, yeah, one win this week. I'm glad we're not talking and going two weeks back for all the games we missed because that was a pretty brutal road trip yeah. for us. You know, yeah. it's one thing to go to the West Coast road trip and get slaughtered in the five games on the West Coast because hey, four of those five games are against good teams, and you know, you're traveling a little bit farther from home. But to lose to the teams that we did last week, come on, now. disappointing. Yeah, so so we're just gonna you know skip those, we'll skip the Hawks game, skip over. We don't those, have to talk about that. Those brutal ones, but uh, before we get to those three games, real quick, the Wolves are now thirty and thirty-five on the season. Uh, they are the eleventh best offensive team in the NBA and the twenty-third best. Uh, excuse me, worst uh, defensive team um, in the league. They are twenty-third uh, best. Twenty-third best. Well. Yeah, they're, they're the twenty-third twenty-third best defense. It, it would actually be what would it be like the eighth worst if you're going for right. worst. So yeah. we're the twenty-third best defense. Yeah, yeah. We're projected to finish uh, thirty-eight and forty-four, and that's good for nineteenth. In the NBA, so yeah, the 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 Those take a lottery picks are looking yeah, good. Yeah, it's time for lottery balls. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Maybe who in the knew that episode. those adjusted lottery odds wouldn't kill us? Usually, oh. we're the team that's in the top three, and we're like, no, yeah. don't take away our lottery odds. But it might help. But we'll yeah, so the, for this week, Wolves went one and two. Started off with a loss in uh, Washington. Oh, um, this uh, team is terrible. Sunday Neil. afternoon game, one of those weirdo afternoon games. It was one of those games where I was like, 
who Bobby Portis is on this team now? <laughs> I haven't watched a game since the Otto Porter yeah. trade. I haven't not watched a Wiz game. Yeah, the Wiz Wiz have been really hard to watch all season, and yeah, now especially with Wall out and you know their season is just in the toilets. Just so many. So much going on there in Washington. Not very many good players, but yeah, they, they still found a way to beat us anyway. <laughs> it just seems like there's been a few games lately that uh, it's just a shootout. It just seems like no one cares about playing defense. Yeah. I remember that Milwaukee Bucks game where it was like 140 to 138 or something. It just seems like there's a lot of those games where it's just high scoring and no one really cares that much about you know putting in, putting in the effort on defense. Yeah, I mean, you look at all the scores this week and really just all the scores from the last you know, recent couple weeks, and this, the numbers are crazy. I mean, the Wolves lost this wa- game in Washington, one twenty-one to one thirty-five. <laughs> so, I mean, and you'll see that you, the, each uh, one team in each of the games from this week got to one hundred thirty points. So, I mean, come on, there's so much scoring going on. I mean, the Wolves' defense is just just been terrible here in the last month or so. I mean, obviously without Covington and then, you know, you lose, you know, you had you know, Dang in there who's, you know, sure he's a shell of his former self, but actually pretty, you know, pretty, you know, pretty good out there, especially on the defensive end. At the very so, least, he slows the pace down enough yeah. that you don't have games where, you know, you have enough possessions to have a score of 135 to 121. It seems like where there's a lot of running. It seems like we've been turning the ball over more than yep. we have been lately. Yes, so yes. that causes more points and more running and a faster pace is when we're turning the ball over. And we've been turning the other teams over as well, but just lots of sloppy, you know, turnovers. Yeah, so uh, we'll yeah drop this game and, and just, uh, just a tough one. I mean, especially you know, coming coming off that you know, you'd re- like to right the ship coming off that uh, Atlanta loss, uh, like you were talking about earlier in the week. You know, think okay, going to another lottery team in the Eastern Conference, uh, but no. Wolves lose again. So hey, yeah. at least the Washington Wizards are still one of the few franchises in the league that I would rather be a Wolves fan than cheer for. <laughs> like, yeah, there's only a couple of franchises in the league solace. that are more dysfunctional than the Wolves, yeah. and the Wizards are definitely one of them. Totally. And even then, you might want to cheer for them because they only have to win like 35 games to make the playoffs. So I mean, it's really you know being in the Eastern Conference. At least you don't need that good of a team to get some playoff success. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right, man, next. what a dark timeline for Ooh. Washington Wizards fans. Uh, I would not want to be a Wiz fan right now. Things, Did Dwight Howard play any games of the Wizards this season? I think no. I think he like, yeah. Yeah, I think no. Weird. Yeah, it's such a, a weird weird, weird season for him. Um, all right. Uh, uh, leaving Washington and you know, the team uh, got back to the Twin Cities to uh, play on oh, Tuesday. It was Tuesday night. Tuesday, Tuesday you were in night. attendance. Yeah. And uh, that's the Timberwolves winning the season series against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ah, yes, the Wolves 3-0 against uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They always play them well. Or we got their number. recently anyway. Yeah. Wiggins always plays well in those games. Uh, you know, it's For just, some reason, he matches know. up well with Paul George. Yeah. He makes Paul George work, which is super weird because Paul George is taller than him, and usually Wiggins isn't good against people who have more size than him. But I don't know what it is, but Wiggins works hard against him. Yeah, Paul George uh, returned to the Thunder lineup in this game after missing th- uh, the previous three uh, with a shoulder thing. And uh, he wasn't great, but it was good to see him. Excited that he is suited up uh, in this one, especially when you're going to the game. You want to make sure that you know all the all the players are in there. So even though even though the opposition, even the opposition's best player, you know, you still you, know, you want to see him. So yeah. good to see Paul George out there. He's still an assassin, still amazing. Even though he didn't shoot the ball super well, and in this game, really, Wolves got got to a great start and kind of led throughout the game. Thunder kind of uh, got back uh, at them, sort of at the end of the first quarter, kind of made it close. But then after that, the Wolves kind of you know had a pretty comfortable lead throughout. Out, you know, it was a good game. Yeah, and it wasn't even like I mean, the Thunder had a lot of turnovers, which is a little yes. uncharacteristic. Yes. But it wasn't like we got a, a dud game out of the Thunder. I thought that they played well, and it was just that once we got that lead, we kept our foot on the gas pedal. And like a lot of times when we get an early lead, like we did in Detroit, for example, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, it's like, well, we'll give that up by halftime or whatever, and then it's just back to neck and neck game. And this was a game where you always kind of expected the Wolves to have a bad stretch and the OKC to you know get out in front of us, and we just kept the pedal to the metal which was uh, very nice. Yeah, Oklahoma City, like you said, turned it over a lot, and uh, Wolves really really did a good job you know, capitalizing on those turnovers, and that was kind of the difference in this game. And, and Towns also, just incredible again. You know, just 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 so good and, and really just, just had it going throughout the entire game. And, you know, even, you know, Steven Adams in there is a guy who's, you know, someone who doesn't, he doesn't play great against all the time. But, yeah. you know, didn't see a lot of Adams actually. I don't know if they're watching his minutes, something like that. Lots of Noel in there for times and, and stuff like that. So, you know, Towns, 
Towns you know, did a good job against Adams and then really feasted when, when Noel and smaller players were in there. Towns had a, re- had a message for Russell Westbrook. Put some respect on my name. Remember that. <laughs> That's right. They got into a little, little, a little, a little, a little tiff. Uh, and he said, go to the effing playoffs uh, first, which, yeah. hey, man, we uh, won them as many games as you did in the last playoffs year. last year. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think they actually won two in that Utah series. Sure. But either way, we both got bounced in the first round, man. Yeah. Except Westbrook's been in the playoffs every year and has yeah. made it to the finals. But hey, you know, we're not talking yeah, about technically, that. Technically, his trash talk was not accurate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, come on, Russell. Raise your trash talk game. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I made right. a note in my, my game notes that I think if I were an NBA player I would probably be Steven Adams and ah. one I would just have goofy messy hair like I wouldn't care about my hair looking right I'd just probably put it in a messy bun like he does I just love how Adams like I do at pickup basketball I'm not in it for the stats Neil I'm not in it mm. for the glory I'm willing to do the little things and yeah, let rebounds. Russell get all the rebounds so Russell can have a big rebounding total I'll just be that guy boxing out two other guys you nice. know over in the corner so yeah, doing the dirty I work. don't need the glory I, and I have a pretty goofy attitude and I think that Steven Adams might be my uh, spirit animal in the NBA. Like you mentioned, I did attend this game. It was great to go and uh, I saw a great halftime show. Got to mention it quickly. You know, there it is. Tag team. Back whoop, again. Whoop. There it is. Yes. Uh, you know, doing the, like the, the 90s or 80s like throwback acts. Um, very popular over the last couple of years across the NBA and at uh, Target Center. And and actually, tag team is, uh, you know, they're not great. But the, as far as those acts go, well, none of them are great. If you're playing the halftime, you're not great. Yeah, but. but, but you know, a lot of these acts, I feel like they don't do any other shows or they don't really I don't do much. Tag team, they're not like totally in shape. But uh, a lot of the problem is a lot of these performers don't really perform anymore. And yeah. they're very out of shape. And they're like, it's you a hear great them breathing heavy into the mic. It and is stuff. a great venue uh, for one hit wonders because sure. you only got to fill what eight minutes yeah you got to fill eight minutes yeah, so you do like yeah one one they or two big songs do a little montage yeah, there, you, there you go that's all you need yeah. so it's a great venue i was talking about this with somebody who was also at the game and just reminiscing about you know the vanilla ices of the world <laughs> yeah. and all the other artists we've seen yeah we've, we've seen so many i want to get your cuckoo kangaroo music industry yeah. insight into like these gigs how much it's does great. it pay you yeah, know yeah. Like, it's always hard to know how much you know they're getting paid what, what's the budget for you don't the want to publicize it because i'm pretty shows. sure g easy got more money than vanilla ice exactly. you know so you can't publicize it ja rule probably got more money but who knows who i knows? don't know I, I guess if i had to ballpark it i would say it's probably between uh 10 and twenty five thousand per per gig for sure. these teams uh, for these guys or whatever so and you get a free jersey with your name yeah, on it, and you right? could probably get nice seats you yeah. know or a box something sure. like that so that's what i would guess but it could be i don't know it could be a lot more than that I don't cuckoo know. just needs to do an album about sports there you go all right uh one more game this week uh, th- uh wednesday night uh took the l in detroit 114 to 131 don't very, very weird game for sure. Detroit Up basketball. Yeah. Uh, so Detroit, you know, Wolves got it going, uh, playing really well in the first half. Really looked like they were just gonna 16 get, point lead. Really just continuing on from what they did uh, against Oklahoma City. Yeah, big lead in the first. And I didn't and just looking so good. I didn't get comfortable, Neil. I'll okay, tell you, you why. You knew better. Back to back. Ah, uh, yep. second night of a back to back, home yeah. and road back to back, which is even worse. And I said to myself, you know what? It's, it is good to get to a lead in the first quarter because we're going to run out of gas by the fourth. Sure. And sure enough, I mean, this, oh, you just saw, you saw this team just run out of gas throughout the night. <laughs> yeah, and really, it was. I don't really know. I mean, I didn't. I guess that wasn't necessarily the takeaway I had. But your takeaway uh, that is that Dr- Drummond is two for two against the Timberwolves in it, three point attempts. It was more like, <laughs> yeah, the Pistons turned it on, but and they've been playing so well. You know, it was more like, okay, well. this team has won eight out of eleven or something like that. Like they're going to come back around here. They need to get these wins. They're, you know, they're battling for playoffs. Can and we stuff. talk about the real issue though? Yes, Ish Smith. Uh, the Timberwolves are getting carved up by these tiny little guards. J.J. Barea killed us before he ended his career with You're a torn right. Achilles against us. Uh, Trey Young uh, just did this to us. Shorty. And there was another game Shrimp. recently where it's just these very small point guards who are basically just can run the pick and roll and, you know, kind of carve into lane. I think it's probably our pick and roll defense and that we're just not doing it correctly. But we've just seen instances where it's just like five or six, seven times down where they're just like, let's have Ish Smith run a pick and roll with Drummond five or six 
six, seven times in a row. And every single time, Ish Smith just gets an uncontested layup. Just a layup. Just no one standing in his way. Layup. You know? Yeah, don't and it's so frustrating because it's just like, how is this guy doing this to you five or six times yeah. in a row? Backup guard. You think at one point when somebody would be like, you know what? Last three times he got an open layup because I didn't step in his way. Maybe I should step in his way this time. The Wolves are not good at the point at the point guard and you know pick and roll defense really, and they don't have any. Um, you know, Tyus Jones is a is a pretty good defensive player, average I would say, not 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 great. Um, but other, and Teague is a minus and Rose is a minus. You know, so they they don't have the personnel. And then you look at some of the bigs when you're in a pick and roll. It, it takes two to tango. It's you know it's it, it kind of comes down to the other guy who's 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 guarding the pick the picker in that situation. So, you know, Towns isn't there yet. You know, you just don't have good personnel for guarding the pick and roll. But, yeah, you're right. It seems like there's these small, was, slithery guards that always get through and, 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 and really can just do damage to the world. I was reading a national media outlet that referred to – it was talking about Towns and his surge lately, and it was saying – Oh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns' defense has been a little bit better. It'd probably be even better if the Timberwolves didn't have paper mache point guards. And that's yeah, essentially what we have is yeah. that our best point guard defender. Like, honestly, what we need to stop this is Rocco and just have Rocco switch over to Ish Smith for a few possessions. Yeah. But it's just so frustrating because it just seems like these really tiny, undersized guards just have the secret to, like, score 12 straight buckets against us, you know? Okay, so the first half uh, goes pretty well. The Wolves, you know, get their lead cut into right before halftime. But then, the second half uh, arrives, and wow, what what? I just can't believe how this game, how quickly this game unraveled. I mean, I can't remember exactly when all this stuff happened. I mean, it was, I think, it maybe towards the end of the third quarter. But you know, this twenty-three to five run that went down. Maybe it was the fourth quarter. That was quarter. the Ish Smith part. Yeah, that yeah. was when Ish Smith was just scoring on so, us every know, single. Position. I think the third quarter is kind of neck and neck. Drummond gets it going. They're, you know, they're doing pick and roll with him, and you know, in Ellington, and you know, Drummond is just just dicing us up by you know just being so big and bullying his way to the hoop and getting offensive rebounds and all this stuff. But then there's this crazy sequence involving Taj Gibson and the box. Well, out. this is interesting. I should I should tell you my experience of this. It was game, like an know. eight point play, right? Like yeah, it was got, a seven point play. It was I a believe. seven point play, which is basically was, what just put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, was. that was right in the middle of this twenty three to five run. What was interesting is I watched this game on replay as I normally do, and uh, I got a little notification on my phone before I watched the game. You know, I was. Was it a Tuesday night? So I was hosting trivia at Darby's. You shall come Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Tuesdays. Music mayhem trivia now. And it is name that tune. You should all come by. It's a lot of fun. Um, So I was at trivia for this game and had to watch it later. And on my phone, I got a notification that Mm -hmm. said Taj Gibson objected from game. And so for me, I was like, that's the only thing I had spoiled, which made it really interesting because I was watching the game through the lens of at some point Taj is going to be tossed out. And it was was really great because you could see the simmering tension in Taj Gibson throughout this game. You saw it slowly build. Building and building and building and building. And they were up big so that by and the point the cut into. And there's so many times when he wasn't getting calls and he was like kind of complaining but letting it go. And you could just kind of see it building and building and building, which was really interesting. I actually liked the kind of extra tension it added to my viewing experience. Right. Waiting right. for that, right. I thought it, it, it was very nice the way it worked out. Um, but then it was kind of a disappointment because it was such a super weird ejection. I thought he was going to do something like cuss out a ref or something because I could see him getting angrier and angrier, and it ended up just being something. Something that was highly subjective and something that I think that we didn't at least on the broadcast get a angle good enough to show us a clear, you know, flagrant too is what such a they heavy see? call. Yeah, what did they see? Yeah. Yeah, because it seemed like it was it was going to be between a flagrant one and a common foul, and then they come out with a flagrant two. It's like, whoa. Which is so weird because like I mean it I barely saw enough. And once again, it could have just been the replays, but I barely saw enough yeah. to warrant a flagrant one, let alone a flagrant two, which yeah. is with intent to injure. Right. Which is, uh, like, purpose. as they were saying on the broadcast, you know Taj Gibson. He's not a rookie. Yeah. He's not someone new. He doesn't have a reputation for intentionally injuring people. Super weird call. But I, you know, I also think that, uh, you know, it's refs are refs. There's going to be good whistles and bad whistles, yeah. and some games are going to tip one way or that way. I did feel like uh, the refs were heavily on Detroit's side last night. I felt like we did not get a good whistle in that game. So, it, yeah, it was such. A weird officiated game, and you know, lots of bad calls by the ref. But yeah, this this Taj, you know, ejection fueled that run. You know, the, the Pistons hit twelve straight baskets in the fourth quarter here at one point. So you know, it was just amazing on what a what an avalanche it was uh, to have this game slip away. But yeah, really weird game. Have that have that ending just kind of just shell shock you like that. So you know, Wolves get their their second loss of the week here, and uh, 
now come home to uh, you know uh, have a have a weekend, I guess, here at home, or they're going to do a back to back. So head over to Target Center for a good time and uh, check that out. But uh, yeah, seventeen games to go. Um, it's time to get to full court press. But uh, first, uh, we have another sponsor. Scott, take it away. Is social anxiety keeping you from attending sporting events? Well, SeatMeek is for you. Their patented formula only shows you tickets that are surrounded by empty seats. Never share an armrest again by using SeatMeek. First-time users get $20 off their first order with promo code DON'TTOUCHME. SeatMeek. Thanks to SeatMeek for sponsoring this episode of Volscast. All right, it is time for Full Court Press. Here's the tip. Neil, have you ever had a near-death experience? Uh, a near-death? I mean, uh, no. I can't say that I ever have. But I have been in a car accident before. Uh, Fender Bender, really. But uh, apparently Towns was in a very intense car accident. You know, very near-death experience. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God! If you, if you hear it from Towns, uh, this was a really, uh, you know, a dangerous situation. Uh, the quote from him... Uh, is as follows. I would say I had a 5% chance of making it out alive. I hit the 5% mark. And then I'd say 4% was to be seriously injured and 1% to be minorly injured. And I came out in the 1%, unquote. I just I don't think those stats work. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how those work. This is this is a little bit of teacher's pet towns here where Well, no, I don't I don't necessarily think that. It's not teacher's pet obviously, but it is I do, it is a flavor of that where he is like sort of like being like, "Wow, man." Like I don't even just, think that. I don't think that. I'm not <laughs> saying this is towns like exaggerating or anything. I respect towns enough to say and I've been in some several car accidents mm. in my life that I I imagine towns legitimately felt that way and believe that okay. have you ever been rear-ended neil yeah i mean that's yeah have you ever had that experience where before you get re-ended you rear-ended you look in the review mirror and you no. see that that car's not They've stopping. only been surprises i know yeah. i have had that twice in my life where i was looked in the mirror and you're like oh that car's not stopping and you have like you have like maybe three seconds before it hits you but it feels like 30 seconds where you're just like sure you it just lasts an eternity right before you and it's pure I'm panic sure it was scary it's panic and, hey, it spikes your adrenaline i didn't see the wreck either that would have been i mean it was a semi truck apparently that some tra- uh, wolves players drove past the wreck and yeah. like saw it and stuff like that it happened on 30, i-35 um uh you know in, in near south minneapolis so yeah i'm sure for uh, yeah it was I, a semi it I, wasn't it wasn't like a cute little you know pontiac uh grand am it wasn't a honda fit behind him you I'm know i'm not doubting the towns was in a you know intense situation i just think this the specificity of his quotes and his well i don't think the math adds funny. up i don't yeah. think the math adds up when you, you yeah. break down the stats so i agree with but that right. it's, it's a silly a, it's a silly quote but i don't I don't think that Towns was trying to exaggerate it to play up the dramaticness. Bad. I think that when you like, trust me, I've been there. When you see a car about to slam into the back of you and you have just a couple seconds, you see your laugh, your life kind of flash before you. Sure. It feels like an eternity. It feels like you're going to die. So, and so like, I don't want to take away from Towns here. It is a very, it. very scary. And I've only had cars hit me, Neil. I've never had a semi, semi being yeah, like, oh, that, that, that S semi. isn't stopping. That's not stopping. That's going to hit us. You know, semi rolling up right there. But yeah, so, so, the, so the accident happens. Towns uh, misses the the plane to New York and then gets on a different plane and uh, has to miss the first two games of his career due to concussion protocol. We so, ended up winning yeah. against the Knicks, losing against the Bucks. Yeah. So close game of the, against the Bucks. You wonder if maybe Towns would have been the deciding factor in that. But yeah. either way, uh, you can't begrudge the guy. No. Hell, hell of a streak. Very Great few streak. people ever get to that streak. 303, something like that. Yeah. It might have even been a little higher. Yeah, but, so. Uh, so great streak. And you know what? I'm just happy that he's healthy. Um, you know, I'm happy that it wasn't a more severe concussion. We've seen concussions could be the most dangerous injury in sports, honestly. This is the type of stuff that it takes to have Carl Anthony Towns not play an NBA game. Well, he had that quote a while back that he would need to be on one leg, right? He's like, even if I'm on one leg, I'm going to be out yeah, there. It was so, something like that. Um, um, but, but, you know, it was wise, I think, to sit him. Even yeah. Though, you know, I'm sure he wanted play to play. Play it safe. Yeah. But um, since that car accident, well, things have been quite good for Carl Anthony Towns on the courts. Something happened during the accident, or maybe he's just making up for those two games he missed. But uh, in the last six games since that accident, Towns has been averaging 34 points, 14 boards, 3.7 assists, 1.2 blocks, an amazing 60% field goal, which which is, is good for a center, but great when your center is shooting seven attempts from three points, which he's shooting 47% on. 
Put some respect on my name. Remember that. Yeah, uh, nine free throw attempts per game. His usage is up from 27% on the season up to 33 during this six-game stretch. So Towns is just balling Finally. They're giving him the keys to the car. How long have we said, like, let's get Towns' usage percentage to 30? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I mean, that's that's good. That is very good. 25 is fine. 30 is really good. Uh, So, yeah, it's just amazing to see what he's doing out there. He's straight wrecking teams right now. He is uh, opening up elements of his game. You know, and this is something we're going to talk about here when we um, get to uh, power rankings and we talk about things to watch for the upcoming portion of this season but it's been amazing to see him grow his game here in the second half of this season and shouts to ryan because yeah. how many coaches did we have to have before we had one that was like you know what what if maybe our best player should touch the ball more maybe he can bring it up the floor oh my god it is you know one of those crazy you know really inside basketball ideas it's one of those yeah, money ball ideas maybe our best player should touch the ball more and uh you know shouts to rhino for actually making that happen because Towns has had several other coaches before and they decided that he shouldn't have the you know the 1A spot and with it he's been showing that he's uh, very 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 good at yeah, basketball. Yeah it's kind of been you know and, and the team's slowly making their way back we're still waiting for, for Covington here but you know even with Teague back with Rose back some of these other guys who are, who are taking shots you know he's still been able to kind of have command of this offense and, and really kind of show what else he can do like you said you know kind of bring the ball up the floor but then also, you know, just some face-up stuff that we haven't really seen from him taking the taking the ball off the bounce, you know, stuff like that. It's just really cool to see. I mean, it's one thing when he's dominating in the post and hitting threes. That's all great. But to me, what is happening here that is sort of notable and different is he's expanding the game. The game has, you know, he's do, doing different things. He's really, truly showing there's nothing he cannot do on the offensive end of the floor. It's been amazing to watch. Yeah, and especially, you know, um, Dario is a great cutter, but yeah. Luol Dane, what a cutter Luol Dane was, and he they wasn't even playing so lately, well, yeah. so, you know. Uh, yeah, just love seeing Towns, you know, take that step into the champion that we know he is. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see kind of uh, where he can go from here, and uh, yeah, again, like we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Next thing. He's hitting up! Yeah, we're talking about Gorgie Zhang right here. Gorgie. Most notably, Gorgie Jane has been... Of minutes to play. <laughs> and as much as we like to think that nobody tells Gorgie Jane what to do, Ryan Saunders has told Gorgie Jane what to do. Yeah, and you know, uh, at the end of the day, you you know that Gorgie. I like playing basketball. And unfortunately, he hasn't been allowed to do that lately. No, no, he can't. He has been uh, getting several DNP CD. That's right. We got to see him in OKC because when Towns is in foul trouble, we don't have anyone big enough to go against uh, Adams. And some of this is just, uh, you know, this is the way the NBA is going, is that sure. if we're playing teams that have two traditional bigs, a big, and you know, a starting big and a backup big, then there's there's room for Gorgie because yeah. he's, I mean, we're a little undersized when it comes to the biggest of big guys, you know, and so we need somebody who can guard up against somebody like Steven Adams. But for the most part, we're seeing that maybe playing Taj Gibson at the five off the bench has been just as effective, especially if we're doing some bigger lineups where we have like Lou Aldane. I like Rhino getting creative with these backup lineups. And I think Taj has responded really well. But unfortunately, what that means is that Gorgie has been being put in the corner. Yeah, he's out of here. He's, uh, and yeah, hopefully he is like Taj. I can kind of take it and kind of understand. He's, he hasn't really shown himself to be resilient. After he got moved to the bench, yeah. he had his worst season ever in terms of production. And he's it, saying all the right things at this point, you know, about team first and whatever the coach needs. So that's good. But it is interesting to see this. I mean, it's kind of been a something that, you know, people like us, uh, people, pundits and media people and people on the team have ever since the Jimmy Butler trade happened and you bring in Dario Saric here, you know, the idea of bringing Dario, bringing Dario to the starting lineup and then having Taj simply be a backup five has sort of been the, the idea well, that a lot of people have, have, have talked about. And at first it was okay, no, sorry, we gotta let's leave Taj where he is. And then they finally did bring you know Sharch into the starting lineup, and now that final shoe has dropped, where you know you're seeing Taj in that backup five role. Well, it's just that Tolliver, especially since Ryan yeah, has Tolliver taken over, great. Tolliver deserved minutes. Some yeah. of our best lineups are Tolliver and Jane. I love or, Tolliver. Dane, I mean, yeah. Luol Dane. <laughs> Dane, yes. Uh, not Jane. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so if you're going to give Taj the minutes he deserves and you want to play Tolliver and Dane, 
Well, then you have to play Taj at the five and yeah. have Tolliver and Dane out there. And that's a lot of size for your front court. You still have pretty, you know, three pretty tall guys. Yeah. And that just cuts out Gorgie because if you're insisting on playing Gorgie and Taj, then there's just no minutes for Tolliver. You know, there's yeah. just no chance for him to play. And so I think it's interesting. I think that, you know, we we really as fans don't know what the front office's priorities are right now. Um, I've always thought that maybe, you know, if you're pri- if you were prioritizing trying to move Gorgie, you would want him to get minutes so that you could show off his abilities and be like, hey, look at this guy. He can still play. He can still play. Uh, why don't you take him off our hands for, you know, you know, 150 cents on the dollar or whatever it is when you're trading away guy yeah. and putting assets in there. And it seems like Ryan has just been given permission that like, you don't have to play him. It's okay. We yeah. understand we're not moving that contract. Well, there's He's a here. flip side to just kind of show that like, the ah, team can, flip side. The flip side <laughs> is the team can show that they can be successful without him in the lineup. And it's like, OK, we can move on from it. It's going to be OK. We can move on from Gorgie if we can find a deal. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's nice to kind of at least see that again. We're at that point of the season where it's like, let's try stuff, you know. So I think this is definitely a good idea. And it gives you information for next year, too, even if it's Gorgie or somebody like him or something is like, what can we do or not do with a player like this? Yeah, I think in the big scheme of things, I might not like the move because I do want Gorgie to. I think Gorgie's a good player. And if we could just show people that maybe we can move him. Yeah, but I, I like the thing I like about this is I agree with all the decisions Ryan Saunders is making in terms of this. You know, I do think having the backup bench coming the process out. Is with, what you're saying, yeah. yeah I, I respect the process yeah. and that well, I think that it's say, a we smart process, coaching decision. You know, process from, over results. So we're yeah. looking at the process of it. Results. We'll see. But what is the idea? You know, yeah, and that's exactly. kind of what you're saying. And so I'm, I'm digging what Saunders is doing. It's uh, and I also feel bad for Gorgie because Gorgie's my guy, you know, he's yeah. a great dude. And it's not like he, again, we, we keep saying this. He's not a bad player. He's just an unfortunate place in, in the league right now and he doesn't really fit with this team necessarily he doesn't so. fit with any team unfortunately. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, maybe at least everyone you know what a lot of players in the NBA are overpaid but nobody is using their money for a better effect than Gorgie just remember yeah. if you're going to overpay someone unlike Nikola Pekovic which, whose money is going to the Croatian mafia yes this is Gorgie you know he's putting, saving the planet he's, a, he's saving <laughs> yeah he's saving a lot of people entire countries you know building hospitals in Senegal and stuff like that so at least you could be like well we're overpaying him but he's actively making the world a better place thanks Gorgie He's on fire! All right, one more thing. We got to talk about how bad the team has been on the road this oh, season. I, I was going to play a sound drop, like one of our bad sound drops, but yeah. I feel like we just need one of someone throwing up. And oh, we don't have that. gross! Yeah, like the yeah. barf sound. Yeah, so the Wolves are one and nine in the last ten games on the road. They are nine and twenty-five on the road this season, and only two West teams have worse road records. Than the Wolves. Yeah, Phoenix and Memphis are the only two Western Conference teams. Memphis? I thought you said Dallas. Uh, uh, Sorry, yeah, it is Dallas. Yes, sorry, my bad. Uh, Memphis is actually one. Dallas has somehow only won six games on the season. Yeah. yeah. On the road, that is. Yeah, yeah. somehow uh, Memphis, yeah. Memphis has uh, won more games on the road than us this year. So, yeah, things are bad for the Wolves on the road. Kind of really uh kind of appalling actually i mean there's just been you know so many it's not it's not it's not even the 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 raw stat of 9 and 25 on the road it's the fact that we know who some of these teams are you know we can we can just look into the the recent history and you know see the see the loss to atlanta uh, i believe we lost to orlando who's yeah they're playing better right now and stuff but just too many you know eastern conference teams losing to east teams losing to bad west teams it's really just about the the the, the level of opponents that we're losing to more than just the the raw numbers of how yeah, many losses you know, there are early in the season we had those two winless road trips to the West Coast, and that kind of made sense. Those the teams on the West Coast are good, and those are long road trips. But some of these quick hitters where we're out on the road for three games or something, you feel like, you know, t- typically the longer a team is out on the road, the harder it is to get wins. But like some of these quick ones, especially when you're just popping down to Orlando and stuff, you know? I don't just understand like I what's going on. Is it because our stars are now of age and they're going out and hitting the town? Nah. I, I actually don't think it's that either, though. Yeah. I just don't know what explains it. There's like no plausible explanation, but it's been pathetic. And it's getting to the point where I wonder if this is like one of our worst seasons in terms of road win percentage. Yeah. Despite it being a pretty good season in Timberwolves history in terms of win losses, you know? Yeah. Like I could count the number of seasons we've had 30 plus wins. Yeah, on two hands. You know, I can count them on two hands. Yeah, there's a lot of bad seasons out there to go through. I'm sure we were awful on the road in many of them. But yeah, it seems weird to have such a bad percentage of of road uh, road games. I don't when get the it. Team is like decent. I just don't get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Do we yeah. just? 
Sometimes you're unlucky. Anything, it could just be luck. You know? I was, I'm about to I've, I stop myself from saying like five or six things I could think it could be because it's just like that hot take kind of morning, you yeah, know, talk guessing, radio and, kind of yeah. culture where it's just guessing. It, I don't know what it is. Is it that we lack the mental fortitude? Is it that we party too much on the road? Is it that I don't know what it is? Yeah, it's it's really hard to say. Although in, in I could past, say, yeah, and I was here's say, something different. Yeah, what's up? Tim Rolls, one of the worst home attendances, one of the best road attendances in the league. And you've heard it. I heard Weird. it in Detroit last night. Derek Rose checks in. Uh-huh. The crowd explodes. Yeah. Everyone's coming to Rose Road Wolves games. I would like to say because one, they're like, Cat is one of the best players in the league. I got to go see Cat. But let's be honest, Derek oh. Rose has fans all over the world. He's back. And every team, every place we go, it's one of the best attended nights for that team we're visiting yep. because everyone wants to see Derek Rose. Rose. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that has any effect at all on our record, but at least that's yeah. one thing that's different on the road this year too than in fans, previous too many fans cheering out there. For uh, the it's just weird. I, I don't think that has any kind of, like I said, correlation to yeah. our, our loss, but that is something that's different this year is that we're we're drawing a huge crowd to every venue we travel to or more specifically Derek is yeah and uh, yeah it's it's just hard to say because yeah usually you would say okay the the team is the super young it's the young guys you know rookies don't rookies and sophomores don't win on the road but the team is really older now and they have lots of vets now and stuff so yeah the excuses are and it's they not don't even the sense. schedule we've had some stuff like like this week when we lost on this back-to-back you know you're on the road on the second night of a back-to-back that's a schedule loss but that doesn't even explain it you know it's it's baffling and I just wish we we had somebody on the inside who could tell us what's up ah, someday someday okay um that does it for full court press and uh well don't look now but we got another sponsor scott take it away investing too much of your time in a lottery team get more out of your investments with the u.s bank timberwolves investment portfolio a high interest yielding financial account that won't release your savings until the timberwolves make the playoffs U.S. Bank protects your long-term investment from your fleeting impulses by locking your capital until an arbitrary accomplishment is achieved by overpaid professional game players. When the Timberwolves finally make the postseason, you can celebrate twice. Once for your team, and again for your ability to access your own funds. Contact U.S. Bank today and ask for the U.S. Bank Timberwolves Investment Portfolio. Now it's time for Power Rankings. Power Power. 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 Rank. 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 Power. All right. We are ranking things. Power rankings. Uh, like we said, 17 games remaining in the season. and uh, Rankings. My favorite things about having Timberwolves, the podcast, number three. I get to play with Neil's dog, Josie, every week. Number two, Neil and I have an excuse to talk and hang out because unless it's about basketball, we never talk to each other. And number one, it's you, the fans. Thanks for listening. 17 games remaining in the season, and some of you out there might be wondering, why am I watching this team again? What? They, you know, they're disappointing me all the time. And it has losing, crossed my mind. And what's happening here? Why can't I just check out? Well, if you are a, you know, you're a big Wolves fan. You're listening to this to this show. You are spending free time beyond watching Wolves games to also, think about them and insert it into your brain. This so. is really weird, Neil, because there is people. If you became a Wolves fan last year, welcome to a new experience, which is very common to all Wolves fans. Yeah, yeah. Which is what if? March and April meaningless basketball. Yeah. I know last year it was different, but this time around you're going to become a true Wolves fan because true Wolves fans have to come up with reasons to care about Timberwolves basketball in March and April. And because Neil and I are bona fide true Wolves fans, we've got some reasons for you and we're going to list them here in Power Rankings. Yeah, let's get to it. We have seven things here. Number seven. Number seven is the farewell to expiring Wolves players. So they are, I'm nostalgic. I, yeah. I, get, I get in my emotions yeah. about this. I yeah. still remember bidding like a tearful goodbye to Karolinko or Beasley. Shouts to Beasley, everyone. I care about you, Beasley. There are Take certain players who you will never see play in a Timberwolves jersey and or yet play those, basketball at all. And those Again. memories, though, those will stay with me. You know, once a Timberwolf, always a Timberwolf. And that means you were a journeyman. I was thinking what a fun name for Timberwolves uh, if they weren't the Timberwolves. It'd be the Minnesota Journey. And the players journey. on our team could be called the Journeymen. I like it. I like because, it. man, no team has produced more journeymen. Unlike the non-plural. I, I don't yeah, mind it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh, Scott, tell us about some players who might be playing some of their final games. The Wolves. Well, the one I'll miss the most, I just 
just don't see how we have any room with Dario and Gargi on the lineup to bring him back. That's Taj Gibson. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I was very uh, iffy on that Taj Gibson signing, but he has made himself into one of my favorite Timberwolves role players. He has just been a great leader, produced a lot on the floor, and just been a wonderful signing. So I'll miss Taj very much. Uh, Neil Derrick uh, Rose, yeah, Derrick Rose. Rose. He hey. will, uh, he's a maybe, I guess, for coming back. Uh, he said things about wanting to come back here. We're the team uh, that gave him a shot to to get back into the league and get back into prominence. And uh, you know, he's not going to come cheap. I don't think anymore. He's not going to take no, that. I that, think the that only minimum. way I think the only way he chooses us is if we offer more money. I don't think he has yeah. any particularly loyalty to this area, especially now that Tom Fibbs is gone and probably Scott Layden will be gone this summer, most likely. Right. But I will say this: when I was watching, uh, I think it was the Pistons game. Maybe it was the uh, OKC game. I wrote a note. I said, you know what? It's a shame that Derrick Rose won't be on a playoff team this year. Yeah. He's having a great season. He's yeah. having a great season, and it's a shame that we won't get to watch him You know, continue that great season, the postseason, because I do think he could have a couple big playoff moments. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Anthony Tolliver, uh, once a wolf, uh, a wolf again. And even though I don't think he'll come back next season because we really didn't give him enough minutes this season, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he comes back in the future. He's a guy who's, you know, been on Detroit more than one time. He's been on Minnesota more than one time. So he's a guy who's not uh, saying no to coming back. But Anthony Tolliver probably won't be on the team next year. Uh, Jared Bayless, almost guaranteed not to be on the team last year. Is he next year? Is he going to be in the league next year? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, I don't know about Jeff Teague. Uh, question mark it's a maybe it's a question mark uh, most people think uh, he will pick up that option but especially because he's been unhealthy and playing poorly lately but if he finishes these last 17 games playing really healthy playing really strong and that you know you see enough teams with cap space this summer if they all whiff and there's one team that's like hey we we might want to give jeff teague three years 60 million maybe he'll opt out all right number six uh, the effort level after team the team is uh, officially eliminated. So I think this how will this team play once uh, you know they, you know they well, they have been uh, you know, sort of unofficially eliminated from playoff contention. But not once, the, once they finally get that mark on NBA.com on the standings page, the little E or whatever, then you know I guess you know the team the team the, the guys have something to play for and stuff. But what will happen after that? And there's my question: Is this is number one reflecting on Ryan Saunders? Ryan Saunders is coaching for his job. He wants to be the head coach next season and so he's got to you know make the most of these last 17 games and what you see often is when a team is eliminated from the playoffs they don't try as hard that's when you see uh you know we've seen Timberwolves teams that have been tanking in the past and they lose every single game in April because when you're out of it you're out of it and when the teams that are in it are they try really hard getting ready for the playoffs so um I think that the amount of energy and effort that a team gives will be a big indictment of Ryan Saunders, whether it's good or bad. If we can, you know, have the team playing hard, even though the games are meaningless, I think that speaks really well to Ryan Saunders, uh, you know, his relationships with the team and his ability to coach a team and motivate a team when they shouldn't be. Um, and I mean, granted, I think half the roster has reasons to be motivated anyways. First and foremost, Cat can make an extra $32 million if he makes an all NBA team. He's going to play hard every game. And then we just talked about the expiring guys, Taj Gibson, Derek Rose. These guys are playing for their next contract. Yeah. And even like Tyus Jones, restricted free agent, playing for their last contract. So maybe they don't need to be motivated to play hard in meaningless they games. They got to leave a little nice taste but in I just the think mouths of franchises. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I just think it's kind of inevitable for the effort level to drop off. So seeing as how that effort level maintains is really going to tell me a lot about Ryan Saunders. Well said. Number five. That's the point guard situation. Yeah, it's up in the air. We got a lot of point guards, and we don't know if any of them will be on the team next year. Yeah, um, there's three uh, three point guards. I mean, Rose and even Rose Jared Bayless. Guard, you know? but, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, Rose and Bayless are kind of combo guards. You yeah, know? yeah, but they're not uh, true point yeah, guards. Jeff Teague, as we mentioned, player option. Uh, Tyus Jones is restricted free agent, and Derrick Rose unrestricted free agent, and. You know, between the three of them, one of them's got to come back next year, or maybe not. <laughs> I think I think we're on the same page, Neil. And correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think that the way we view this is Jeff Teague will opt in for mm-hmm. for one more year. Yes, Tyus, exactly. Uh, Tyus Jones will return to the team. We'll match whatever he gets offered. 
And Derrick Rose will be on a different team next year. I think the only one we might be in disagreement about is Tyus. Yeah, exactly. That all comes down to, you know, who's who's out there for, you know, maybe there's a someone who's really lurking and really, really has Tyus targeted. I feel like there is a number the Wolves would not match. You know, I'm not I just, sure what I don't that think Tyus is, is going to get it. I'm not sure what that is. But if he's having a really down season. If if one team, uh, you know, puts gives him uh, an offer that is, you know, 11 million a year or 12 million a year for three or four years, I think that might be the stopping point for the Wolves. I don't think so, he's going to get that. Yeah, but do you, where, where do you think the stopping I've been point driving, is? Where's the stopping point listen, for the Wolves? I will tell you, I've been driving this bandwagon, and on most bandwagons I've driven boldly on the show, I've driven them off cliffs. Uh, I don't have a track record really well, but I'm just so on this point that I don't think anyone's going to open up the bank for Tyus Jones, especially after a poor season from him. I think that the number he'll max out on is uh, four years, eight million per. You think that's where the Wolves won't won't sign him? No, I think that's what he'll like, eventually. What number would it have to be at where the Wolves be like, nope, sorry, you got him. Four years, 40. Four years. Okay, so if it gets up to 10, about 10, 10 per, per. per four. Yeah, yep, I think that's when. It, yeah, it, it'll be hard to say. It's I just don't, I don't see summer. anyone in the league offering him that. I would, uh, once again, actually, I, I would hate to be wrong here. I would love to be right, as I always do. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't see it. I've been on this bandwagon for a couple years now, just saying that, you know, every team in the league has a point guard that's better than Tyus, and most teams in the league have a better backup point guard than Tyus. You'd really have to believe in these advanced metrics and also be just like, I mean, Tyus is playing the most minutes per game of his career and has the worst effective field goal percentage since his rookie year. More minutes, he has wilted under it. So I, I just can't see teams being like looking at Tyus and, and seeing him as someone worth investing more than, you know, well, I said 10 million a year. Yeah. So I, I just doubt it, but we'll see. And as far as what to watch for, like as far as what there is to watch for with this group and these point guards, you know, Britt talked about this the other week of kind of seeing if, Ty, if, if Tyus gets some more minutes, you know, when the team's at full strength, maybe that is something to look at with Ryan and where maybe his preference is with all this. I mean, we know that they really like each other and that, you know, you know, you know, Rhino really, really likes, you know, Tyus and thinks he's a great leader and all these things come up together kind of. But, you know, I think so as far as what to watch for, just kind of watch the minutes here and see where things fall. And maybe if we can pick up something about maybe how one of these players, maybe Tyus, especially how Tyus fits with with, um, you know, Towns and the starting group. Um, you know, again, so many moving parts here. It's hard to know. Uh, what Tyus's role would be again with Teague coming back, maybe coming back. So it's kind of murky, but it is something to watch for here in the last 17 games because you can kind of get a feel for where Ryan's allegiances lie and, and how he might see this thing going forward if he is the coach again. And I think that uh, in terms of Teague, what I would watch for is, does he play every single game? Because I think the only chance he would opt out is if he shows that he's healthy enough you know, for teams. He's played the least games of his career yeah. this season. And so I think he would have to play in every single game and be a positive in every single game for us to hope that Teague would entertain the thought of opting out. All right, uh, let's keep it going. Number four. That is my another one of my pet projects this year. Hey, everyone, guess what? The Timberwolves now have more franchise wins than John Stockton and Carl Malone yeah. have as individuals. We passed them. We passed them. There's only three NBA players who have more personal wins than we do as a franchise. But another number I've been watching this season is we are the only franchise in the NBA whose career franchise win-loss record is below 400. Uh, we're at we've been at 399 for you know most of the season. We need to reach 40 wins. We're at 30 right now. We need to reach 40 for us to notch that winning percentage up to 400. Will we do it? Let's see. We're at thir- you say we're at, we're at 30, we're at 30 right and now. 35. Yeah. 17 yep. games remaining. Yep. So, so that means we need to go uh, 10 and seven. Is it? Yeah. 10 so and seven. 10 Can and seven, done. which would actually be very impressive. Neil yeah. pointed out that we had a tough schedule, lots of road, yeah. lots of great teams. Yeah. Uh, so it would be an accomplishment for us to finish this season 40 and 44. Oh, I see it. I but if see we it. can get there, we can. Uh, one of my things has always been. Are the Timberwolves the worst franchise in the NBA historically? Right, right. Probably, but there's a couple teams we could argue with, and what we really need to do is get our our franchise winning percentage up to 400 at the very least. It's just an embarrassment. Will it happen in April or will it happen in November? We'll find out. Let's hope April. uh, It's the road to 40, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, really. This is 40. Yeah. All right, number three. Number three uh, on the power rankings list of things to watch for in the final 17 games. The man with the plan. The man with the plan. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns and his development. Uh, obviously, we just uh, did a big segment about his last six games and how incredible and unstoppable he is. Um, he's been playing amazing. Ryan is using him in more ways. 
Um, but so it's it's really fun to sort of look at it right now and sort of see where this is going. You know, uh, lots of we we have talked about all season, and um, you know uh, we've talked about the comparison with uh, Milwaukee and what happened with Giannis this season with a new coach with a new system kind of surrounding uh, Giannis with these great players, these shooters. We talked about Brooke Lopez and, you know, others. Now Miritich. It's a team that has one superstar, and then they just put a bunch of role players that complement around him. Which even as soon as last year, which is funny, I was thinking about this. Even as recently as last year, it was Giannis. And who's the other star he's going to run with? Everyone's like, maybe it'll be Jabari. I think, you know, last season was kind of the season where everyone was like, it's not going to be Jabari. But it's funny because Jabari was drafted one spot after our one and only Andrew Wiggins. And it's kind of a similar situation where for the longest time we thought we're building this team with two cornerstones, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. If you look at shot distribution, Andrew Wiggins was definitely playing like he's one of two cornerstones. But recently we've seen Towns get that usage rate over 30 and it's Ryan is playing and the other guys are running falling into line like this is this year's version of Giannis and the Bucks where it's like this is Carl Anthony Towns and the Pips, you know. Now, this is Carl Anthony Towns and the role players. Carl Anthony Towns is going to get our 30% usage, and everyone else is going to exist to complement him. And I think, like, that is the question is like how can we make a leap like the Bucks did? And the question and, and and the Bucks didn't change the personnel a whole ton. They got a few guys here and there that really make a difference, like Brooke Lopez. But the biggest thing is they changed the coach and the, and the approach yeah. and the system. Yeah. And so I think that we're already seeing it, which is super exciting to see. Like you said, I think Towns, you said after the near death experience is averaging seven threes a game. Yep. I think on the season he's averaging like Six four and a half. Or five, yeah. Yeah, no, so he's bumped it up a yeah, lot. And that's it, what yeah. we need to see. And we need to see him take even more than those because yeah. he's such a good shooter. Yeah. And I'm just that's the exciting thing about these games, even though we're not really in the playoff hunt anymore. It's thrilling to me to see that this team feels like it's finally being built around Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. And what more can he be? I mean, I, I've, I've really been enjoying him taking the ball off the dribble and, uh, you know, crossing guys up and, you know, just getting to the hoop in different kind of ways and bringing the ball up the floor and all these different things. And to me, Giannis is such a good comparison because of. They, you know, Giannis is obviously smaller and more more guard like than Towns, but Towns isn't that far away from Towns him. Towns is the better shooter, as far yeah. Towns is the better shooter. Giannis is the better defender, and more he it works with Giannis because he's so well rounded. Yeah. You know, like defense, offense, he can pretty much do it all. Whereas Towns is more weighted towards the offensive end. But I can kind of I'm just gonna keep coming back to this Giannis thing because I think they're closer players than a lot of people realize, and I think Towns can can be the center of this entire team, um, and that's something to look for. I just to. think. That if you look at the Bucks predicament and the Wolves predicament two years ago and even last year, we were much similar, like similar boats. And now it, for Wolves fans, it feels like, oh, we're just stuck with all these players. How are we ever going to make the leap with Tat with Cat? And the Bucks this year showed you can make that leap yeah. with having just one superstar level player. Yeah, you just have to build the team around him. Yes. Um, so yeah, keep watching Towns dominate for the rest of the season. All right, keeping it moving. Number two. Number. To. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, the return of Jimmy Butler, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy G buckets. The G stands for gets, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and, uh, the you know the trade and the drama that all happened a long time ago. But what you might not have remembered is that Jimmy Butler has not come back to Target Center since. Ooh, what I was about to, I thought you were going to say is, what you might not have remembered is that they spanked us and embarrassed us in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, the last earlier like, this really season. Bad Embarrassing. Losses, yeah. One of the worst losses of the season, yeah. especially when you add in what it meant. Uh, the Boo Birds will be out, you know, and I, you know, honestly, you know, the Jimmy Butler thing is is a huge part of that, but also like the Embiid-Cat matchup has huge. been so yeah, huge. So and, yeah. Kat, and Cat's been losing that matchup lately. Yeah. Embiid has been owning Cat and yeah. then letting us all know about it on social media. And I think that he gets under Cat's skin to the point where Cat plays worse. You know, I think yeah. that He's I think like the one guy I think he owns real estate in Carl Anthony Towns' <laughs> mind. And so a chance mm. to, you know, take some revenge. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe drive the division in the locker room a little worse. Wouldn't it be great <laughs> if we made Jimmy Butler more cancerous to the Sixers locker room and then he doesn't resign there or something. So well and, and that that road game in Philly, I think the problem was is that that part was a little bit too much on their mind i think even ryan said as much before right, like yeah. they didn't really treat it like a normal game they kind of just thought it was this this huge thing that they had to do and we're going to show you and all this stuff so even Wrong though it's, even though it's going to be at target center for this which seems like even more incentive to show them uh i hope that they can not fall victim to, to 
to that again. I'm worried because I think we'll boo Jimmy and he'll play better because of sure, it. Sure, yeah, Jimmy's going to be ready. It's like in yeah. the playoffs game four when everyone was chanting about how much Harden sucks and yeah. then he came out and killed us in the yeah. third quarter. <laughs> God. Um, so uh, we'll see. Yeah. I, uh, I said I think Jimmy see how it goes. <sighs> you, yeah, Jimmy's going to come back and kill us. That's what it feels like. But hopefully, Townsend get his revenge for that Philly game. <laughs> also, like, I don't know. The Sixers bug me mostly because of Butler, then because of Embiid. Yeah. But it bugs me how overrated Ben Simmons is. Here's yeah. a weird take you weren't expecting coming into the podcast. You know, it's just like I was here for the Ricky Rubio experience and everyone was just, you know, essing on him because he couldn't shoot. What's Ben Simmons but a taller Ricky Rubio at this point? I at get it. He point, can yeah. dunk. He's a good defender. He's a great passer. Guy can't shoot. Guy yeah. can't shoot. And everyone treats him like a top 20 player. Everyone's like, he's a top 20 player. He can't shoot. He's not a top 20 player, okay? He's and, nearly and it, averaging it a triple-double. also like, really frustrates me when teams defend him like he can shoot. It's like it's easy to defend him. Go under the screens, guys. Not only can he not shoot, he won't shoot. Right, exactly. So it <laughs> he, just he it frustrates me when you see teams going over the screens and letting him drive. It's just like, don't let him do that. Just go under every single screen. Treat him. Give him the Ricky Rubio defense. All right, we got the number one thing to watch for in the final 17 games. Number one. The full strength team. What? Yes. What? Yes. Help? For the first time since like the first few games after the trade. Neil, uh, true or false? Robert Covington hasn't played for a Ryan Saunders coach team. Uh, that is true. That is correct. Yes. Wild. Yeah. I Covington's mean, coming up on 30 games missed oh, for this so season. So wild. He hasn't played since, what is it, December 29th or something? Yeah, forever ago. He hasn't played since December. When we heard that bone bruise, we were like, that's not that severe of an injury. Uh, I can't believe he's still yeah, out. It's so, really wild to me. So Covington coming back. Everyone else pretty much back. And, it's inter- and this is the number one thing because we can still gain information here that can be useful for next year and be useful for for our evaluation. I on, feel like we haven't Ryan. even been able to fully evaluate Ryan because yeah. how can you do it when he's missing the second best player on his team? Yeah, exactly. So we're going to be able to really get um, you know an evaluation on him, but then also sort of understand what his mind is about how the rotation works. You know, that's There's a that, lot of ripple. To effects. me, that's a big thing because you sure he, he gets he gets love for playing the wall dang and, you know, Kata Bates Diop is in the lineup now. And a bunch of guys who, you know, Ryan gets credit for like, OK, this guy's playing. That's really cool. He's like mixing things up and bringing in some new blood but when he has the full complement of players that's what i'm interested in is like who does he choose, choose when he has everybody here so i don't know that that's kind of what i'm looking for yeah um i'm excited to see one wiggins move down to the shooting guard spot i know wiggins has been terrible lately but i've always like when we made the trade i said this is going to be great for wiggins because now Rocco can guard the hardest player and wiggins can be happy at the shooting guard spot uh-oh we haven't had that in months and so i'd love to see what happens with wiggins uh we've we've talked with Britt about wiggins minutes and you can't really reduce wiggins minutes that much when you don't no, have Rocco. Yeah. but once you have Rocco on the team it'll be interesting to see how ryan approaches wiggins minutes and then also just full strength team i'd love to see the chemistry with cat and sarge continue to develop because that's going to be a huge thing for us next season our starting front court's going to be dario and cat so i think well you know keeping an eye on that chemistry is something to watch for the next 17 games and you know 17 doesn't sound like a lot but hey it's 20 like, like of the said, season yeah it's 20 percent of the season so you know it, even though it's the very end and teams are kind of packing it up and you know things have kind of been decided as a wolves fan you can you can like we said gain information here there's lots of, of very interesting um plots happening here and, and, and different things that can you can watch that will tell you things about next season and will tell you more about who these players are and who this team is so you know I, I advise you to continue to watch through and continue this on continue the playoffs going to the games everyone yeah. Neil and I went to a game last game of the season I believe at Target Center oh, last home court game it is the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Houston Rockets. Mm. And we were eliminated, but Neil and I, we love seeing live basketball. So we went to that game and we saw Corey Brewer. <laughs> we saw Corey Brewer score 51 points against the Houston Rockets. One of the top five most memorable NBA games I've ever attended. And it just goes to show you, even garbage time NBA, show up. You don't know what you're going to see. You might see Corey Brewer go off for 50 and a win. That's right. Um, all right, we're going to get to our weekly Wolfies. But first, we have our fourth and final Sponsor of this episode of Wolvescast. Scott, take it away. We here at Wolvescast are proud to bring you an exciting offer from Fitbit, the Timberwolves' official partner of jersey advertising. From the people who brought you top-of-the-line physical fitness trackers comes the Fitbit Neuro, the first tracker of mental health. Fitbit's cutting-edge technology will allow you to monitor and track things like 
How often Andrew Wiggins causes you to think negative thoughts? If Jeff Teague's inconsistent play is actually driving you crazy? How much dopamine is released into your brain while watching Carl Anthony Towns play basketball? And of course, the manic depressive nature of Timberwolves fans. That's right, they revolutionized the game with their Fitbit physical trackers. Now they're back with the Fitbit Neuro, the mental tracker, Fitbit Neuro, mind over matter. Thank you to Fitbit Neuro for sponsoring this episode of Wolf's Cast. And up next, it's time for Weekly Wolfies. your weekly wolfie uh yeah wolfie is time to uh give out some awards and uh, accomplishments and uh you know lots of lots of trophies going out right now lots of medals of honor and valor and certificates of participation everyone's all, talking about the year-end awards right now it's all happening we have our weekend awards oh yes not um, our weekend no, it's not like our saturday sunday weekly. awards it's like the end of our week it's a weekly award yeah it's a so wolfie. we gotta give those out get us started here i'm gonna shout out a podcast um uh, a podcast by the minnesota timberwolves and kyle radke over there um with the wolves digital team they have a show hey, i got a shout out to them wolves radio network yeah you lost the name wolves cast you didn't register it we got WolvesCast.com. We got WolvesCast on Twitter. It's our pod name, WolvesCast. Yeah. Stop calling your your pod Wolves-Cast. Yeah. This show I'm talking about is called The Layup Line. It Woo. is a Timberwolves show um, that I believe Kyle does um, kind of about lots of different things related to Wolves basketball. We should get Kyle on the show. Kyle's Definitely, great. definitely. But we, um, you know, they have a sort of mini-series happening uh, this year um, uh, with uh, called the Nike Prince Tapes. And um, this is a multi-part series. Um, the first episode is out now. You can listen to it. It's about 25 minutes long. It's a multi-part series of interviews that Nike did uh, with people in Prince's life um, about basketball. Um, the first episode um, has interviews with um, Prince's former um, basketball coach in high school, um, Minneapolis Central high school coach. Um, also, Mickey Free, um, who played in the Revolution. Um, and then also a writer named Torre, um, who I can't remember who he was writing for at the time, but he has some great anecdotes about actually getting to play basketball with Prince wow. a while, like, on, while like, on assignment to do like an article about him <laughs> so is this it's a really good i can't wait for the new episodes to come out but the first one just kind of a nice um interview with a couple of different people uh but yeah prince obviously game blouses mickey free talks about the prince blouses situation and it's actually uh, one of my greatest so yeah. accomplishments yeah. is tweeting at jim pete and asking if he'd say game blouses yeah. after the uh, first <laughs> prince night win and he did and we don't have there the sound drop. Uh, make sure you check out the layup line. Uh, the link to that will be in the show notes. Uh, I'm, this isn't my Wolfie, but as we're talking about Minnesota high school basketball, just a shout out to Alex Conover. He wrote an article about Edison High School Hoops. Uh, they have not had a winning record since 1965. They have one this year, but Whoa. there's been some crazy stuff happening with them. Uh, one of their teammates just died. And uh, I lived in Northeast Minneapolis for seven years, right near Edison. And uh, Alex Conover is a friend of ours. He's a point guard. He's a lefty. Everyone forgets he's a lefty. Uh, you got to remember that. Um, so he's a good guy. Check it out. It's on Prep Hoops, is it? Uh, we'll link to it. We'll in, link to in it. In yeah, it's a great notes. story yeah. from Alex. All right. Uh, my Wolfie, I was North trying, Star Hoops. That's right. I was trying to get more creative, uh, and then I just realized, you know what? Sometimes we get too clever for our own good. You know who deserves a Wolfie this week? Who? That's Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> we don't give him a lot of Wolfies, you know, and that's because his his greatness is self evident. But after the the you know a couple weeks he's been putting up, we went through his stats since the near death experience. Off the court, he just seems like he's being more of a leader. It just seems like he's really coming into his own in a lot of different ways. And for someone who who is still watching every single game, you know, this season. Yeah, I'm loving gotcha. that every time I'm watching him play, he's exciting me. He's giving me something to really cheer about. The best Wolves player I've seen since Kevin Garnett. And so I just want to recognize greatness right now. Shouts to Carl Anthony Towns. You're doing it even better than you've ever done before, which is crazy. We've been lauding you on this podcast since we started, and you're doing it better than ever. So hope you get that All-NBA. That's right. You deserve it, Kat. At least give us 17 more games of what you're doing. You're going to get it. You're going to deserve it. So uh, shouts to Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, not that frequent, but definitely deserving winner of my Well deserved. Movie. Well deserved. Got to give love to the actual players sometimes out here on Wolf's Cast. Especially it's, you know, like when there's 
is a bad player and he does good for a week, it's like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> but when there's a great player who's always great, you know, it's it's hard to take the time out to recognize. Yeah. Him. All right. Um, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Let's play a game. All right. I got a quick game for you tonight. Quickie. So I got five questions for you. The game is called Career Highs. Okay. It's about career highs that Timberwolves players are having this season. Okay. I will tell you what they're having a career high in, and you will name the player. Okay. All right, Neil. Number one, this player is averaging a career high in three-point attempts with 4.7. And a career high in rebounds with 4.8. Oh, I was going to say Towns, but he's definitely averaging more rebounds than that. Uh, Okay, let me see. Career high, three-point. Was it Andrew Wiggins? Hey. That's correct. That's Wiggity Wig. All right, next up, Neil. This player is averaging a career high in free throw attempts at 5.7, as well as a career high. I don't know. I sh- I have three different things this player is averaging a career high in, and I know that it'll get easier with each one. Okay, so free throw attempts. 5.7. Give me the second one. Assists, 3.3. Career high free throw attempts and assists. Uh, that's not Wiggins. It, uh, is it Carl Towns? Yes. He is also averaging a career high in personal fouls. Uh 3.8. Hecka. All right. This next player is averaging. I have two for this one. The next player is averaging a career high in minutes played with 20.8 minutes. 20.8 minutes. Okay. Next, next clue. And a career high in assists with 4.2. Ooh. Uh, career high minutes and assists. Oh wow, minutes and assists. Wow. Um. Yeah, let me say twenty minutes per game. So twenty point eight minutes again. It's a bench player. It's not Tyus. Tyus Jones. No. It's Tyus. He's having his uh, second worst effective field goal percentage, but he has upped his minutes and his assists. Okay. And he's also averaging a career low in turnovers, despite his having a career high in minutes. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's great. All right, two more. This one only has one, but I think you'll be able to tell. This player is averaging a career high in assists this season with 8.1 per game. Oh, that. What? 8.1? Some of our team's averaging 8.1? It's... Is it Jeff Teague? This is the only reason why he might want to opt out, is he's having his best season ever in terms of assists. Wow. When you have guys like Cat to dump the ball off and off to. I suppose, yeah. But yeah, it is tough. He's averaging a career low in games played by far. Sure. Um, All right, Neil, the last number. This player has three career highs. And you just let me know each if you want more, okay? Okay. So first off, this career this player is averaging a career high in effective field goal percentage with fifty one point seven percent. Okay. Next is averaging a career high in two point field goal percentage with fifty point six percent. Ooh. Um. Is it? Man, I, I almost said Taj. He had a great season as far as field goal percentage last year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't... Taj is averaging a career high in three-point field goal percentage. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so is this player Dario Sharch? The last clue is this player is averaging a career high in three-point percentage with 37.5%. Oh, is so it Rose? It is Rose. Yeah. There we go. Averaging wow. some career highs in shooting, his best shooting season. I guess so, yeah. In terms of efficiency. Nice, there it is. So yes. there's your career highs, you know. Career high game, very nice. Uh, hopefully those players finish the season with those career highs. Let's keep it up. You know, yeah. <laughs> those percentages have come down too much here a little bit. So, yeah, keep those percentages up, guys. Finish strong. 17 games left. You've reached the end of our show. Thank you for listening to Wolves Cast. There's uh, like six weeks of basketball left, so... You know, we'll be we'll be rocking. Are you going to be gone shows. for the next three or something? Something like that. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be gone. Ne- I'll be gone next week, so uh, we'll have uh, we'll have Rob, we'll have Rob here for you. Um, and then- Robert, who's been one of the elite defenders in the league for a long time. I think we've yeah. all missed Robert. Yeah, we've all you've missed been, Robert. You've been home for too many weeks in a row. Yeah, he'll be here next week, and then uh, yeah, he'll be here to help close out the season as well. But uh, yes, thank you for listening to our show. We um, we are, we're gonna we're gonna continue on weekly until uh, the season's over. Meet me in person, Darby's tri- Darby's Pub and Grill, downtown Minneapolis, every Tuesday, six p.m. Wow, every Tuesday. Name that tune, music trivia now. Okay, yeah, come through, check it out at Darby's, and uh, yeah, we've uh, we've enjoyed getting back on the saddle here, and excited to close out 
season of Timberwolves basketball. So, yeah, we uh, keep on listening, and, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Thank you, everybody. Um, I'm going to go with Alexi Shved. Ooh, that's a great one. Uh, simply because, you know, I honestly don't know why, but I loved watching him because he's just so goofy and bad. He, he like, it, he had this really interesting, um, really interesting energy where, you know, he moved around kind of like an NBA player, but then nothing good ever happened. <laughs> he, he also was a top, he might have been... He's in the conversation for worst NBA defensive player I've ever Unbelievable. seen. He was just constantly eight feet away from his guy. I don't, did, Kyle Korver or Rudy Gobert, it didn't matter. He'd be like eight feet away from his guy. It didn't matter. He just didn't want contact, didn't want even the possibility no. that if he reached out his arm and his guy reached out his arm as far as you no. still couldn't He didn't touch. want to smell a, smell a person. He didn't want to have like the, the breeze of them touch his body as they went by. One of my other...